Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. Today, I'm going to uh, end a series called Going All the Way. And this is going to be the last part of this series. Um, And I'm excited about it. You know, we started, uh, I think, four weeks ago. um, And we started talking about how, uh, you know, the world has this idea of what sex should be, and then the Bible has an idea of what it should be as well. And we talked about artificial sex. Remember that? Brought the semen tank in, the, you know, the artificial sex, you know, artificial insemination of animals and all that stuff. And we, we kind of compared that to the natural way. And we looked at how the world, again, has created this artificial way that's made by humans. And, and we, you know, and again, I don't, I'm not explaining it very well. You need to go back to, the, you know, the other, you know, the online and listen to the message. But the world, again, has created this idea that you can have sex anytime, anywhere, with anybody, doesn't matter, whatever, and it's all okay. Well, the Bible has something different to say about that. And God has a great plan for sex. He created it um, for our enjoyment. Uh, he created it for the boundaries of marriage. And so that was kind of what we have talked about first. Then second, we've been talking about for the last few weeks how to go all the way in our marriage how to make sure that we'll go all the way in our marriage. And we looked at one biblical principle, which was friendship. Uh, Remember that? We looked at how we're supposed to have a biblical friendship. It starts with having a friendship with Christ, and then it moves to having a friendship with our spouse. And that's one of the greatest keys to keeping a marriage going, is having that friendship. Um, Today, I want to continue this look, and again, we're going to end the series today, on how do we assure that our marriage will go all the way. Again, last week, my wife um, shared a great message about the women's role for marriage, the women's role for how to make their marriage go all the way. And she taught on the idea of women are to respect their husbands, right? Women are to respect their husbands. And can you just give my wife a hand? Didn't she do an awesome job? She did an amazing job, and uh, she uh, totally uh, respects me, and I love her with all my heart. Was that sweet? Yeah, that's snow hitting the top, so don't worry about it. We'll be fine. I'll pull you out. I got a tow rope. Um, but we're excited, and, and, and again, that's kind of what we talked about. We talked about respect last week. Today, again, we're going to look at the man's role in marriage and how to assure that we're going to go all the way. Can I, can I get the women to clap for the men today? Aren't we proud of our, aren't you proud of your men (laughs) in your life? That was kind of weak. Can we do a little bit better than that? Come on, ladies, come on. Today we're going to pick on the men. We picked on the women last week. And so today we're going to pick on the men. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 5, it's the verse that we've been looking at for, uh, for a while. Um, and so here's the, here's the verse, uh, verse 21 through 33, and this is what it says. And further, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife or his wife, and as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, talking about Jesus, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Verse 25, and this is what we're going to talk about today. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and he gave up his life 
for her to make her a holy to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of God's word he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And, and again, this is about Jesus talking about the church. In the same way, and, and this is where the comparison comes, it says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. And then verse 31. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and his mother and joined and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And then the last verse, verse 33. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And a wife, the wife, must respect her husband. Some great stuff there. Um, great, great stuff. And we're going to, again, we're going to take a look at what it means for uh, the role of a man today. I want us to, to go to the Lord in prayer again. Let's just ask the Lord to bless the rest of our service today. Lord, we uh, just come to you right now, and I thank you. I thank you for all the men that are here today. I thank you for um, all the single men that are here today, maybe all the, uh, the men that, um, that are looking uh, for a future wife. I thank you for all of them that are here today. And Lord, today, as we look at your word, I pray that you would enlighten us as men and as husbands on how to be the husband that you've called us to be so that we can honor you, so that we can honor our wives, so that we can make sure and assure that our marriage will go all the way. And so, Lord, we give you all the glory. Speak to our hearts today. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Well, here's the point today. The, the key truth that I want to get across today is this. Husbands, just like the scripture says, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Amen? Let me say it again. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Amen? Thank you, Hank. My son, he's five. He said it. He said amen. Show these, show these other people how to talk. Um, but here's the thing. And you say, well, Bo, how do I do that? And maybe, again, you're a man. And I'm going to speak to the men mainly today. Women, you're going to love this, okay? <laughs> you're going to love it. But how do I, as a husband, love my wife as Christ loves the church? Now, here's a point that I want to make, and this kind of overrides the whole uh, sermon today. To love our wives, a husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church by being a man. I, I, I want to I, I camp out right here for just a second. I believe that a lot of um, uh, our culture has taught that boys can continue to be boys in marriage. Anybody with me? I, I believe that there's a lot of you know, boys that aren't ready to be married, and they think they are, but they're not. And the truth is, marriage is meant for men, not boys. 
Again, and we're going to look at this a little bit. Marriage is meant for men, not boys. There are three things that I want to point out today that I believe that men, when it comes to loving our wives, we should provide or we should have. Here's number one. Men that love their wives as Christ loved the church are men that have a job. Again, I want to pick on the man because I'm a man, right? I can pick on men. Here's the thing. I believe, again, that there are a lot of people that have created this pansy culture of boys that mama just wipes their butt even when they're 38 years old and gives them everything that they want, and they don't have to go out and get a job because mommy and daddy are going to take care of them. Anybody with me? Anybody see that in our culture? I mean, seriously, I see it, and I'm, not, I'm here to, to call it out because I'm here to call out boys to become men. There are a lot of boys that come to me and say, hey, I love this girl. I want to marry her. And they come together, and they come, and they want to have premarital counseling, but they're boys. And I look at them and say, you need to grow up. You need to become a man. You need to get a job so that you can support your wife. Right? All they want to do is play video games. Ah, I'm just going to play video games. I want to just rope all day. Is that funny, Hank? Thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to go you know, work for a little while, and then I'm going to buy big toys, and then I'm going to quit my job and just play with all the toys that I have. Again, I believe that marriage is meant for men, not boys. Uh, Proverbs 12, 11 says this, Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Some of you ladies, you're looking for a man. You ought to be looking for a man when you get married, not a boy. If a boy doesn't have a job, you don't need to marry him. And again, I'm not picking on men. I'm not picking on men that have lost their job because of the oil field. I'm not saying that. Forget all that. Don't, don't take me wrong. I'm not picking on men that have disabilities and can't work. I'm not picking on them. I'm picking on those that just want to be lazy and just goof off all the time and act busy. You see, what I'm, see the difference? And again, I, I see that in our culture, and I, I want to expose that so that we can make men be men and, and try to encourage them that. And again, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about having dreams. I love having dreams. I love being able to pursue a dream. Maybe you're a man that has a dream, and you want to see that dream fulfilled. But here's the thing. It, there's a difference between a God-given dream and a fantasy, just like the Scripture says. Fantasies don't make sense. I mean, some of you guys, maybe, and I don't know who you are, maybe you're like, I'm going to be the next George Strait. I think I'm going to move to Nashville and be the next George Strait. Well, if you do that and you're married, you need to have a job while you go do that so you can support your wife. If you have been pursuing a dream or maybe even a fantasy and you don't know which one it is and you haven't made a dime for three years and your wife's doing all the work, listen, maybe you need to rethink it and come home. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, again, some, some people are like, I'm going to be the next, you know, Trevor Brazil. Well, if you haven't made a dime on the rodeo circuit, maybe you need to come home. Some people are like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, you know, cowboying for a living. I wish I could do that. There are very few people that can make a living and support their family cowboying. It's a fantasy for me. <laughs> some people get to do it, but I'm not one of them. Some of you guys maybe need to, you know, swallow that and say, I can't do that for a living. I've got to go get a job. Um, but again... How do you know that it's a fantasy or a dream? Here's how you know. You pray about it and ask God. And then you sit down with your wife and you say, what is God telling us? Again, men, we're supposed to lead our wives, but at the same time, you're supposed to listen to your wife. If she's not on board, don't do it. 
If she is questioning whether she's on board, again, continue to pray and pursue God until both of you are on the same page, or she is willing to submit and say, you know what, whatever you choose, I trust God in you. My wife's had to do that sometimes. She was scared. We made you know, the decision to start this church four years ago. Didn't have a paycheck, didn't know what God was going to do, but I knew that this was God's dream, and I knew that he was going to do it. And so we took a step of faith. I quit a job that, I, that, I, that it was, you know, going well. People were, you know, getting saved. I was in a church. People were getting saved, had a job, had a house, had everything. Quit it and didn't have a next paycheck, didn't have anywhere to live. My wife was pregnant with our third child. Don't do that unless it's a true God-given dream. If it's a fantasy, don't take that step. But God will show you if it's his dream, if it's his will for your life. He'll do it. And he's blessed this church. Amen? And so, again, men are men. That, that if you want to be married, you need to be a man. You need to have a job. Here's the second thing. Uh, and, and I'm going to have three things today, but here's the second thing. Men that love their wives as Christ loved the church are men that provide for their wife. And you say, well, I thought you just said we're supposed to have a job, and that's provision. That's a part of it. Again, uh, you know, a, a bunch of men, they, all they want to do is focus on, I'll bring home the bacon. That's all my wife needs is bacon so she can fry it up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've heard it. I've heard men say, I got a job. I mean, I provide the money. I provide all that. Here's the truth. Your wife needs more than money. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, ladies. I mean, seriously, and you say, well, what's this all about? Well, look at Ephesians uh, 5.33. It says this. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he what? loves himself. Now, here's something I think men are pretty good at, loving ourselves. Can I get an amen? I mean, you think about it. I think we're pretty good at loving ourselves, and I think a lot of men have this problem called greed. I think we look at ourselves, I make all this money, I can spend it however I want. I, you know, I, I work hard for this, so I can buy whatever I want, you know, again. And we have this greed, but here's the truth. When it comes down to it, we are told not to be greedy, even with our wives and our families, but to serve our families and to provide for them. If he, or Proverbs 15, 27 says this, The greedy bring ruin to their households. Um, and maybe this is just for me. Maybe I'm just preaching to the, the preacher today. But here's the thing. You may be thinking, well, I, I have a job. I, you know, I provide all this. Again, I believe that our wives and our family need more than just me going to work and working hard. That's a part of it. But I believe that they need more. And you say, well, what do they need? I want to point out three ways that we can provide. You ready? Number one is materially. We can provide materially, and I'll give you an example, and this is kind of scary for some of you men because you're like me, but here's the truth. If we were to compare all the boy toys, all the man toys that we have to all the things that our wives had, how would it compare? I mean, think about it. I mean, men, we like pickups that, you know, are like $30,000 pickups. We like guns. We like boats. We like, you know, we like all these other big things, and our wives are like, buy a pair of, you know, shoes. Am I the only one? They may have a lot of shoes, but they don't cost as much as my little pistol that I just bought. No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't have brought that up. That's... <clears throat> 
but here's the thing. Here's the, here's the idea. Again, a lot of times I think we want as men to spend all this money on the things that we think, but then our wives are settling for things that they've had for years. Thank you. I mean, seriously. I mean, I've got, uh, and again, I'll, I'll expose some of my things. We got a refrigerator who the light bulb doesn't work in the refrigerator. So when you look in it, it's like dark. Okay, maybe that's just me. We got a kitchen that's not very functional. You got to take every pot out of it to find the one pot that you, I mean, again, but I've got awesome tool drawers that I can see everything out of my barn. You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. You know, maybe you've got a great horse that you ride, but your horse has a horse that bucks. Your wife has a horse that bucks. <laughs> Not your horse. <clears throat> your wife has a horse that bucks. Or what about, you know, you have this two, you know, $25,000, $30,000 pickup, but your wife drives a clunker that barely gets around. Am I, am I talking to anybody today? What about this? You know, men, we can go out and buy, you know, a $100 pair of jeans or, you know, they're fireproof and we can buy all these fancy boots because we need them. (laughs) But our wives have the wardrobe of the 80s. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe I'm the only one here, but I feel like God has shown me a lot about myself and I'm selfish and I'm greedy. And that's what God wants to change in me. Here's the point. We can have a job and still not be providing for our wives. They can still be starving in those areas. And you say, what else? The second thing that I think we can provide is emotionally. We can provide for our wives emotionally. Here's something that I do wrong. And again, I'm sharing all my failures so that you can learn from my mistakes. I do not, a lot of times, create a safe place for my wife to share her emotions. And let me explain that. A lot of times my wife, she'll maybe start crying, which she doesn't do very often. And she might get emotional. Anybody whose wives get emotional? Come on, it's okay. It's okay. Please, please, please help me out. They kind of get emotional every now and then. And again, that's the way that God made them. But here's what happens when my wife gets emotional sometimes. You know what I don't want to do? I want to go suck it up. Suck it up. Come on. Give me a real big, you know, problem. I mean, that's no big deal. Just suck it up. And I don't provide a safe place for her to share her emotions. You see what I'm doing wrong? I'm not providing for her. What she needs me to do is to to shut up, right? She needs me to just be quiet and, and provide a safe place where she can vent her emotions. Look at James 1.19. It says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You see what that's saying? Men, we need to become quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to solve their problem, and just, slow, and, and just quick to listen and slow to become angry, right? I think it's a great thing. So we need to provide materially, emotionally, and here's the last thing. We need to provide spiritually. And this is the most important thing, men, and this is where a lot of men struggle because maybe they don't feel like they're worthy to lead their wives spiritually. But here's the truth. If you get the spiritual part right, everything else will come into play. Everything else will work out. I see it in men, and I'll point out one like Casey right over here. I see it in men like Matt over here. I see it in other men where they, when they get the spiritual part right, everything else falls in place. 
And you say, well, I'm not worthy. I don't feel spiritual enough. Here's the thing, man. We will passionately pursue hunting. We will passionately pursue shooting guns. We will passionately pursue, pursue sports. We'll passionately pursue all these things. But when it comes to our spiritual lives, we want to go, that's the wife's job. Listen, men, we are called to provide for our wives spiritually. And you say, well, how do I do that? You provide by praying for your wife. You provide by praying for her in your time where you're just talking to God. You provide for her, maybe even verbally. Maybe like my wife and I, we pray together every night. I pray for her. She prays for me. We pray. We, lead, you know, we, we, we support each other that way. We encourage each other to grow in the Lord. You say, how do you do that as a man? How do I do that? I'll tell you how my dad did it. Every morning, my dad opened up the Word of God. He sat in his recliner, and he read the Word of God. He would turn the weather channel on. He would put it on mute, and he would just sit there and read the Word of God. Every time I woke up, every morning, he was reading the Word of God. Do you know what that did for me? It challenged me. My father's the toughest man that I know, but he's willing to put down his, you know, pride and say, I'm going to pursue God because God is the toughest man. You see what it did? Changed my life. You know what it did for my mom? It challenged her. She knew that my dad was walking with the Lord and it challenged her. And so maybe men, you need to, you know, challenge your wife. You need to be the one that leads her to church. She shouldn't have to drag you to church. Amen. I mean, seriously, I mean, this is where men need to step up. You need to be the one that witnesses to your kids instead of your wife just reading the Bible stories at night. I mean, that's the truth. And you say, I, I'm not worthy of that. I don't even know Jesus myself. Listen, all that can change. Don't use any more excuses. All of that can change by you giving your life to Jesus and start living for him. That's our calling. That's what, we got, that's what we're supposed to provide. And so again, let me, let me tell you this. Or let me show you this verse. And this is a strong verse. 1 Timothy 5.8, listen to what this says. It says, but those who don't or won't care for their relatives, especially those in their household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Do you see what that verse says? Those who won't provide or care for their relatives, including their wives or their family, especially those of their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Do you see the point here, men? If we're not providing for our wives, if we're not loving them as Christ loved the church, then we are worse off than an unbeliever who doesn't know Jesus Christ. That's strong. And I don't know about you, but I don't want any part of that. I want to be able to say, you know, I, I give my life. I've served my wife. I've given it all. And I'm not good at it, just like you're not good at it. But I ought to strive to be more. I ought to strive to be better at it. And so again, you know, you, you think, well, I, I can't do that. No, you can't, but God can. He can do it through you. And here, so here's number, one, here's number three, and I'm done. Again, you ought to have a job. You ought to provide for your family, provide for your wives. That's how we show that we love uh, our wives as Christ loved the church. And here's number three, and we're done. Men that love their wife like Christ loved the church are men that sacrifice. Now, this is something that, that I don't do very well. 
um, which is sacrifice. It, you know, typically it's all about me. God, again, has shown, shown me all my life that I'm selfish. Any men selfish in the, in the place today? Come on now. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're, <laughs> maybe you're a better man than I am. But I typically try to, to be selfish, and, and I, I, that's my tendency is to be selfish. And I'll give you a couple examples. When we moved to start this church and we moved into this other house that we're living in now, guess what I wanted to do first? I wanted to build the barn. I wanted to get the barn ready. I wanted to clean the barn out. I wanted to have all my stuff in the barn. I wanted to have it all ready. I wanted to have it all good to go. Well, here's what God showed me. That's selfish. And again, I know I'm using material things, but that's maybe how God deals with me. You know, I, I wanted to have all the stuff outside, you know, done. But the truth was the house needed to be done before the barns did because my kids needed a safe place to play on the floor and the carpet had been there since the 1940s. Do you see what I'm saying? So here's what God showed me. I needed to sacrifice all the things that I think are important so that I could provide for my family. Again, I'm not good at that. Was that hard for me? Did I fight that the whole way? Yes, I did. <laughs> did it, was I selfish and say, I want my barn. I want to get it all. You know, here's the thing. We moved into that house and all of it, I mean, it hadn't been lived in for a year. All of it had to be redone. And everything in it went to my barn. So I didn't get to use the barn for like four months. And I was like, this is stupid. I hate this. I was selfish. But here's the thing. And I'll give you another example. You know, at some point, we want to add on to our house because our kids are getting bigger, you know, and they start smelling and you want to get away from them, you know, because never mind, not my daughter. She smells sweet all the time. She's sitting right over there. Um, but here's the thing. We want to add on possibly at some point. And so here's what comes into my selfish mind. We're going to add on a big living room so that I can hang the big buffalo head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But here's what God showed me. You need to start with the kitchen and the utility room. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's what God's called me to maybe sacrifice. Again, I, I don't know what it is for you. Ephesians 5.25 says this. For husbands, this means you love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. He gave himself up for the, for the church. And again, you think, well, what does that mean for me? You know, how, what am I supposed to sacrifice? Maybe, men, you need to sacrifice your time. Some of you think you've got to be busy all the time, and you can't just sit with your wife or go on a date. You can't just, you know, hang out with your wife. Listen, that's the most important thing that you can do. And again, I'm not saying we give up our rights as men and become passive pushovers that are, you know, women control us and we're just, you know, here for all of them. No, listen, I'm talking about just providing, just loving them and giving them the things that they deserve. Again, maybe you need to sacrifice your time. Maybe it's a plan that you have that you need to sacrifice. Maybe you need to sacrifice, you know, something you know, that again, you, you want to have for something that she actually needs. I, I don't know. Maybe, the, maybe I'm the, the only one here. And, and again, you say, why do we do this? Because Christ did it for us. Christ sacrificed for us. And you say, well, how did Christ sacrifice for us? He gave up his home in heaven so that he could come to the earth, be born in a manger, not in a palace, or a mansion. He was born in a manger. He lived as a carpenter's son rather than the king's, you know, son. He, he devoted himself to serving others rather than serving himself. 
And he was even wrongfully judged and crucified, and he gave his own life so that we could have life. And again, you say, well, what's that mean for me? It means that we are called to sacrifice too, so that we can show that we love our wives. And so, men, maybe you're here today and you say, well, what does all this mean? What is the result of this? If I love my wife as Christ loves the church, what's the result of it? Let me give you the result. Look at the scripture again, and I'm done. Look at this, verse 25. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave himself or gave up his life for her to make her, listen to this, holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this so that he could present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And listen to this, in the same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. So get this picture. Here's Christ caring for the church, and guess what the church becomes? The church becomes holy because Christ cares for it. The church becomes more pure because Christ cares for it. The church becomes, you know, it has less scars because Christ provides for it. And so you say, well, what's that mean for me as a man? If we will love our wives as Christ loved the church, our wives will be more beautiful. Their personalities will flourish. They'll be more happy, happy, happy. Happy wife, happy, happy life. Right? I mean, seriously, they'll be more holy. If I'll provide for my wife and I'll challenge her, I'll give her what she needs, then she will be more holy. She'll want to pursue God. I mean, she'll be more pure every day. Our love helps our wives become more like what God wants them to be. And that's the result. I don't know about you, but I want my wife to flourish. I want my wife to be the best that she can be. And so God has called me, just like he's called you, to love our wives as Christ loved the church. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. I want to leave you with this thought, man. Listen to this. As, you're, as you got your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to listen to this thought. You're not a loving husband until your wife says that you are. You're not a loving husband until your wife says that you are. You may be dating somebody. You're not a loving, um, you know, uh, boyfriend, unless your, your, your girlfriend says you are. Here's what happens a lot of times, men. Men, we get into this argument or this fight or we get into this situation. You go, I'm a good husband. I provide. I do all these things. I go to work. I do all this stuff. And that may be true, but here's the truth. If your wife still doesn't think that you're providing for her, then you're not a good husband. You say, well, how do I know if I'm a good husband or not? Ask her. I had to. I asked my wife, I said, you know, Heather, what, what am I not providing so that I can change? 
Listen, again, some of your wives, they're like, man, yeah, he goes to work. He works hard. He's gone all the time. He's doing all this stuff. But none of that means anything to me. All I want is my husband around. All I want is to be touched. All I want is to be held. All I want is to be told that I'm beautiful. So again, maybe you're not providing what she actually needs. And the only way that you're going to know that is to maybe have an honest conversation in love, not in hate or not in anger, but in love about the way that you're providing for your wife. And so maybe you need to just sit down, maybe today at lunch, and just make the kids go to their room and just say, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about this. How am I providing for you? Am I doing a good job? And maybe, wives, you need to ask the same question. How, are you, how are, am I providing for you as a wife? And you need to have that honest conversation. And you say, well, why do we do this? Because we want our marriages to go all the way. And some of you guys are like, well... You know, Bo, her, her expectations are unrealistic. And, and the truth is, sometimes we have unrealistic expectations for each other. It is true. And you just need to talk through those. But here's the thing that I've learned, again, about myself. Sometimes I think they're unrealistic, but they're really not unrealistic. The truth is, you know, we just kind of think, well, I've always been this way, therefore I'm always going to be this way. And the reason that we don't feel like we can change is because we just don't want to change. And again, it goes back to being just selfish. The truth is, God can change you. He can change you. It's like I've said throughout the whole series. You cannot do any of this on your own. You have to know Jesus Christ personally so that he can change you from the inside out. And so you can go home, try to be a moral person, a good husband, a good wife, and it'll never work as to the best of its ability until you give your life to Jesus Christ. He's the only person that can help you go all the way. And in him, you have all the tools to go all the way. And so again, men, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? And women, are you respecting your husband and showing him the love that he deserves? Maybe you're not, and you need to change today. Maybe right there in your seat, you just need to say, okay, Lord, I need to do better. I want your strength to come into me and so that I can change And I can be the best husband and the best wife that I can be. Some of you guys have great marriages. And you see people maybe struggling around you. And you need to invest in a younger couple. And you need to say, okay, I I know that I'm not perfect, but I have been taught a few things. And I've learned a few things along the road. And I want you, God, to show me who it is that we can invest in. And we want to take some couple under our wing and invest in them you know, spiritually, you know, emotionally, and show them what it looks like to be a godly couple. Maybe you need that. Maybe, maybe you need to give that. I don't know, but I just challenge you to look around and, and be willing to serve someone else. Maybe you're a young couple and you don't, you don't have a clue. Your marriage is going down the tube pretty quick. Or maybe you're in a relationship and you don't have a clue what the future holds. Listen, come to us, ask for advice, ask for help. You're not a pansy if you ask for help. You are a good man, you're a good woman if you ask for help. Everyone needs help. I need help, everyone needs help. 
And so I challenge you to do that. Maybe you need to fill out that orange card, place it in one of these yellow buckets, or text your name to the number that's going to be on the screen and just say, I need help. My name's Bo, and I need help. I need you to call me. Thank you. That's all you got to do. And we will be there to help you. Here's the thing. At Thousand Hills Ranch Church, we want to see the marriages in this church go all the way. And we are here to equip you, to help you, to help your husband, to help your wife, whatever it takes, to help your girlfriend, to help your boyfriend, whatever it takes, we're here to help. And we can do this together. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And if you have questions, you need answers, we would love to share with you and we would love to, to minister to you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word today. I thank you for the series that you've given us that, that helps us to know the truths about sex, the truths about marriage, the truths about dating. And Lord, today as we close out this series, I pray that, that these marriages that are represented here today, that they would go all the way, that men would love their wives as Christ loved the church and that women would respect their husbands as God has called them to do. And Lord, may we teach this and may we model this for our kids so that our kids can have a great example of what a marriage should look like. Lord, we give you all the glory. We thank you for your word and I thank you for this church. It's in your holy name I pray, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Have a safe trip back home and we will see you next week. Thank you again for listening to this message and we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030.